are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Uh, Cindy just got back from uh, Women in Ministry Conference. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of these sort of ladies type of conferences where Cindy gets to go and I, and I stay home and, and, and look after the kids. And you know what? I, I hate it. You know, she's got another one coming up here in June that we were just talking about. And then she's got uh, uh, Base Camp is coming up, which is a POC ladies conference. And, and, and when she does that, then, you know, I, I take the kids off to swimming lessons. And I do all the stuff that, that mom actually normally looks after. And it's just like, oh, man. So... Like, you know, as a, as a dad, you want to give the, the impression that when she comes home that it was like, it's a breeze. Like, no problem. Anybody could do this. So, you know, after three days of being gone and the house is totally a wreck, it's kind of like, okay, well, T minus two hours, let's get clean in the house and make it look like when mom comes in, it's just like we're all be just sort of letting back, watching TV and be like, oh, were you gone? You know, like... No, no, there was no big deal. So I got all the kids, gave them all jobs. We're all cleaning the house, getting ready. Come on, kids. Mom's going to be home in two hours. Get going and get cleaning. Uh, Lu- Lucas, did you vacuum? Yeah, I'm all done. I'm like, you call that vacuuming? Come on, man. You got to turn the vacuum on to make it work. You know, and, and we're, we're kind of going through all that there. And there's kind of like, okay, the house is looking good. We're ready to, for mom to come home. And then I, I, I go into the girl's room. And, and as I went into the, lady, the girl's rooms, uh, Liberty decided that she wanted to get into a craft. And it's kind of like, you know what? Since we're done cleaning, it'd be a great time to start getting into a craft. So she had this craft stuff all over the place. I'm like, honey, we got like 30 minutes and you get into a craft now. Like we're supposed to be just sitting around doing nothing. Just put our feet up. We're supposed to be getting into that mode right now where it, it was just to let mom know it was easy that we can do this. So uh, I, I, after kind of yelling at her and kind of saying, Libby, come on, we're, we're doing this clean, I, I looked at her and I just started laughing. And I just kind of like, that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I just had to take her picture and I thought I'd share it with you this morning. <laughs> that was the fir- her first trip to the, uh, to the garbage to clean up the, uh, all this stuff. So <laughs> it was kind of like, Libby, you're, you're awesome, Libby. Amen? <laughs> I love family. Family is awesome, and uh, we've, been, we've been doing a series here called Family Is, and just really kind of giving us the foundation of really who we are as a, as a body. And today I want to talk about family is empowering. Um, we have this little, this little uh, script wrote, uh, written up about who we are. It says, in our family, we emphasize the importance of equipping. We are committed as a team of believers to see our family taught and equipped with skills to reach people with the gospel. We understand that there are seasons when we receive, but we also understand that there are seasons we have to pour out. For the word states that as freely as we receive, now freely we shall give. That's in Matthew 10.8. Henry Ford says, if everyone is moving forward together, then success will take care of itself. We are a growing church, one that understands that most of us in this room are here for a season. You know what, with the way that the oil patch works, the way that the military works, we understand that we have people for a limited amount of time, and that is difficult to be able to pastor. 
You start to get people raised up and get people that you'd absolutely fall in love with. And then it's kind of like, you know what, I got to talk to you. It's like, oh, don't tell me you're leaving. Yeah, you know, we got posted. Or yeah, we got there. It's kind of like, oh, man, we've lost good friends. We've lost ministry partners. We've lost people, next door neighbors who are absolutely awesome. And that could either be a detrimental thing where it's kind of like, oh, here we go again. Or we can turn it around to the positive to say, you know what? Our role here as a chirp is to as a chirp, as a church is to equip people, fill them up with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, and that whatever God brings them, they're ready to pour out and serve. So how do we do this? How can we equip the church? How can I as a pastor equip the city for the giftings, the callings, the personalities alone in this room are so diverse? You know what, I'll even prove that right at this very moment. I was speaking to somebody this week, and as I was speaking with them, you know what they said to me? They said something that made me fall off my chair. They said, you know what, what a lousy winter this was. I'm like, what? They're like, it just wasn't cold. It never got cold. We didn't get snow this year. It just was so blah. We can't even say this was winter. I'm like, I know, I'm rejoicing. And they're like, oh, I missed it so much. I'm like, you are sick. (laughs) How many people in this room think that it was a lousy winter and you missed out on winter? You know what? Let's just stop the service right here. Every one of you with your hands up, come up. We're going to have an altar call for deliverance right now in Jesus' name. But see, we're different. We're a peculiar people. There's some weirdos in this room. So how can we do this? How can we accomplish this? How can we pour into you to make sure that you and your family are looked after, but not only to make sure that you're looked after, to make sure that you're serving and doing what God has created you to do? By trusting in God. That we are a family, and he, by his spirit, is at work in yours and in my life. For truly, it isn't about the person, but it's about the body of Christ. Open up your Bibles with me this morning to one of my favorite scriptures. I just, I just think that this story is just so amazing, uh, who God is, as found in 2 Chronicles. After this, the armies of the Moabs, Ammonites, some of the uh, Minyanites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat that a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at Hazan Tamar. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah began to fast. They came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new uh, courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of the kingdoms of earth. You are the powerful and mighty one. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who live in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored, and we can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear and rescue us. Isn't that amazing? No matter what is going on in your life, 
no matter what you are facing right at this very moment, we can stand before the Lord and petition him and say, God, help. Lord, I don't have the answer to this one, God. I don't have the wisdom to be able to handle this. Lord Jesus, would you fight for me? You know what, let's just take a moment and stand and just pray. Everybody, just stand to your feet with me. Father God, Lord, I want what you want for my life. Lord Jesus, may you just encompass all who we are, Father God. Lord, it doesn't matter what diversity we are facing. It doesn't matter what obstacle is in front of us, God. Lord, we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. God, we declare, Lord Jesus, that we need your help. We declare, Father God, that you are the Lord of our lives. And Father, we declare this morning, God, that you are good. In Christ's mighty name we ask it. Amen. Verse 10. And now we see the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, what they're doing. You should not let our ancestors, uh, you would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they have rewarded us? For they've come to throw us to your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that, that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Praise God. And all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehazel. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the accent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up into the wilderness of Jerel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory, for he is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. You know what? Again, let's just pause there for a second. Worship. It's kind of cool to see Gordy. You know, I like when Gordy gets all fired up. But what he's saying there is, guys, worship is not a song service. We're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on. Press into his presence. If we think that worship is all about Sunday morning service, my God, we are missing out on a huge portion of who God is. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is when we just stop and say, God, thank you. Lord, you are so good. Lord Jesus, I just want to declare that you are awesome, Lord. That is worship. Then the Levites from the clans of Koath and Koran stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Joseph stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and all you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king had appointed singers to walk ahead of them, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang, Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. 
At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The army of Moab and Ammon turned against the allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived in the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord, and it's still called the Valley of Blessing today. Isn't that amazing? They didn't even have to fight. They went out, they trusted God, they sang, The armies then turned on one another, and the Bible says there was so much plunder that it took them three days to be able to bring that back to their camp. Have you ever received plunder that you don't deserve? Man, I have. All of a sudden, it's like, God, you are so amazing, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving on me, God. Lord, I didn't do anything this week to be able to deserve this, but God, yet I'm your son, and God, it's just like you gave me a kiss right at this very moment. Here at this church, we're a place where families come together. You know what? Strong families start at home. How are you when news comes against your family? How do you personally handle that? Do you find yourself losing sleep at night? Do you find yourself running and, 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 and getting yourself all worked up to a panic? Do you find yourself on the phone just, just calling people and saying, I don't know what to do, help! Or do you find that you've got peace? See, the Bible says that we'll receive a peace that the world will not understand. That we can stand in the midst of a trial. We can stand in the midst of a tribulation and just say, you know what, it's okay. Because God's going to fight this battle. And, and, and some of your friends, some of your family members will say, you're crazy. Like, do something. It's like, you know what, I, I, I know it does, doesn't make sense, but I got peace. The Lord's in this. The Lord's going to look after my family. The Lord's going to look after my children. The Lord's going to look after this health issue. We spoke last month about being genuine. If you're not strong at home raising your family, husbands loving on your wives, wives supporting your husbands, it is absolutely impossible to be that outside the home. See, we can wear these masks and we can come out for a little while and and try to be this person that we want the community to think we are. But you know what? There's going to be a hole in our armor and people are going to find out who we really are. It starts in the home, and it starts in our hearts, where we say, God, I give you my heart, Lord. God, would you purify it? Lord, would you help me, Lord, every single day to look more and more like Jesus? Pray that prayer, but be careful. It's a dangerous prayer. Because when all of a sudden the Lord hears that prayer, he says, okay, you want to look more and more like me? Awesome. And he starts chiseling and chiseling things away. And it's just kind of like, God, I, oh, Lord, I, whoa, I don't like this, God. He says, no, but there's beauty in brokenness. We don't want to be broken. And who wants brokenness? But out of the ashes, out of the dirt, that's where we rise as a new creation where we say, God, it is well with my soul. And Lord, I am so in love with you, God. Every January, we step into a corporate fast. 
And the Lord has brought forth so many blessings for us as a church, so many that we have not even deserved. Again, it's like the Father just reaches out and kisses us, telling us how much he loves us. In the scriptures we just read, in verse 13, it says, All the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. You know what? I honor and I believe in the family unit and the importance of us as a unit standing before the Lord in prayer and in purpose. To be empowered as a people, truly the first step is to work on our hearts. Where we can be serving, we can be sitting in high places of influence without our community. And within our community, people are like, whoa, there goes that guy. That guy's a, a council member. That guy's a, a mayor. That guy's a, he, he's a, a business person. That person's that person. They have influence. Yet if the heart is not whole, we're going to continually hit a ceiling and become frustrated. So this morning, I want to start with being empowered in our households. Joshua 24 says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose you today who you will serve. Would you prefer the God your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the God of the Amorites in the land where you now live? But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let's break that down. You see, man has the capacity of choice. It is a God-given capacity for we are created in the Lord's image. He is a self-determined God and created us to be self-determined beings. This was necessary for the Lord to receive our love freely and not part as a program or something that we have to do. There's not a gun to any one of our head that says, you know what, worship the Lord right now or it's going to be over. God wants us to freely come in and just say, Dad, Father, I love you. I worship you, God. Lord, you are everything to me. It's a free choice, but you know what? I, I think so many times we let, we let a, a circumstance and situations dictate our future. I remember when Liberty, I was putting her to bed one night. Liberty was the, the daughter that I had on the picture there. She's my youngest child. And as I was putting her to bed, I, I tucked her in as a dad, and I, and I prayed for her, and then she says, Daddy? I said, yes, honey. She goes, my dolly wants to kiss you. I'm like, I don't want your dolly to kiss me. So I, I leaned down and she took this little doll or stuffed animal and just put it to my cheek and went, Mwah. and then she reached up and gave me a kiss on the lips. And then the doll came up and kissed my cheek. And then she came up and gave me a kiss on the lips. And then she started laughing and the doll kissed me and she kissed me and the doll kissed me and she kissed me and the doll kissed me and she kissed me. Do you want me to let you in a little secret? I couldn't care less about the, doll, the, the kiss from the doll. It was a plastic, inanimate object. But every second kiss from my daughter was life. That is God. God has given us the freedom of choice. Not because it's kind of like, oh, okay, children, I want a kiss from you now. It's like that inanimate object. Hear God. Hear God. But it's just like, come here, Dad. I love you. I worship you. God, you are everything to me. Lord, would you shape my heart? Lord, would you mold who I am? You know, again, I think we allow circumstances to dictate our future, even in Christianity. Well, you know what? I was hurt one time by a church, so I will never go to church again. Are you serious? See, we, we can kind of chuckle at that and smile at that, but I can't tell you the amount of people who I've run into, people who were solid believers in the faith, 
And all of a sudden, they allowed something into the chink of their armor, which caused offense, and then they made vows with their God. If that's what Christianity is, is like, I want nothing to do with it. If that's what the body of Christ is, I don't need it. The body of Christ is the bride of Christ. He's coming back for a perfect, spotless bride. And you know what? Every single one of us here are in transition. None of us are perfect. If we put our hope in people, if we put our hope in the person that's sitting beside you, you know what? They're going to let them, you down. Whether they're your friend, whether they're your spouse, whether they're your children. Our children are going to let us down. My wife lets me down. I've let her down. And guess what? As your pastor, I'm going to blow it. And I'm going to let you down. And if all of a sudden your hope and your trust is in a person, it's in a spouse, it's in a child, it's in a friend, it's in a pastor, it's in a corporate body, you know what? You're setting yourself up for a fall. But the word says that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. If God is for you, who can be against you? He's crazy about you. And you know what? When these opportunities come in there, you know what? The, Satan is right in our ear saying, see, see, that's what the church is like. See, they call themselves a family church. Pastor's been preaching about it since September. I don't feel the love here. It's superficial. I don't feel the presence of God here. It's all about coffee. The Lord just wants to take us and say, son, daughter, it's about me. I want to walk with you. I want to mold you. And believe me, there's going to be opportunities where the enemy starts to beak in our ears and say, see this person, see that person, see that they're not doing what they said. See, this is not coming into fruition. This is not what you think it should be. Then we have the opportunity to say, you know what, Lord? Help me to walk in grace. Because, Lord, I know that as I have let people down, people have let me down. God has given each one of us a free choice. We can choose to love God or not. We can choose to serve God or not. But the ramifications of the decision that we make is absolutely monumental. Choose you this day who you will serve. Who can serve the gods of this world and who can serve your God? It truly is an awesome responsibility. And you know what? God honors the choice that we've made. For, he didn't, for if he didn't, the power of choice would be absolutely meaningless. When put that way, you see here that we have the power to determine our destiny. As parents, we have the power of training up and raising our children. We can decide to train them and raise them up and give them the good family uh, principles, or we can decide to let them train themselves and just learn life on their own. No one can force you to go to heaven. No one can force you to serve him and serve him alone. That is a decision that each one of us in this room is going to have to make. Yet often, again, our lives are full of excuses. I wish I had a better job, but if I, I didn't finish school because of that trial that took place, it made me had to quit school, and now I guess I'm just too old to be able to go and get my degree. You don't know unless you try, do you? Helen Small left university to marry her sweetheart and found herself getting caught up in the busyness of being a wife, a mom. She had dreamed in her heart to finish her journey going back to school, getting her master's degree. 
In 2004, Helen's husband passed away, and she decided that she was going to go and finish her dream, getting her degree at age 90. It's the exact same with our Christian walk. There are all kinds of reasons why we can't, yet I wonder in the light of eternity what truly is so important. There are two powerful forces seeking to influence the decisions that you make every day. The first one being Satan. He uses lies, deceit, painting pictures that our flesh will tell us that's what's going to bring satisfaction. The Bible tells us in John 8 that he's the father of lies. Man, they are everywhere, and many of us have felt and experienced the devastation that these lies bring. Few of the lies. Happiness is free sex. As long as you're happy, do it. I have witnessed the destruction of many lies because of this. See, the devil often, as we are developing, gives us opportunities as a child, as a youth, as a growing teenager, to witness lust through movies, books, radio, That then taints the truth and places a desire in our hearts for something that is 100% fake. By fake, I mean we witness something with our eyes and it becomes fantasy because we think that that uh, act is the epitome of sex. But the fantasy that we have is really based upon lust. What about happiness is drugs and alcohol? It's an escape. You know what? If you're depressed, there's no, nothing better than alcohol to be able to make you forget your problems, forget your worries. Alcohol is by nature a depressant. And we have all have heard and seen with our own eyes the devastation that brings when people just get so focused on, you know what? I need to be happy. I need to forget the pain. And they turn to something else to be able to fill that void. What about happiness as a God-free conscience? You know what? If, if you don't worry about what the Lord says, just as long as you're happy, do it. And we see people running from thing to thing to thing to thing, trying to fill that void because the Bible tells us, what does a profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? I think our priorities can be so mixed up sometimes that we miss what the Lord has placed in front of us that's free. We miss what God has placed in front of us that is for all of us as a family to be able to step into. It's like, Lord, would you help me, God, to get my mind, Lord, off of things that, that are promising me a better future, God, and focus on you and say, God, what do you have for me at this very moment? Because, God, I don't want to miss your calling. I don't want to miss your will by even a millisecond. But there is another one speaking to our heart, speaking to you out of love and relationship. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses love as a motivational force. He seeks the appeal to your reason. Isaiah 118 says, Come now, let us reason together. Say the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. He seeks to lead your family to truth. Following the appetites of this world will never bring satisfaction, but being filled by him will satisfy that void. You got to make a decision today. If you decide at this very moment to wait and maybe, you know what, I'll just make a decision about Jesus later on, you've already decided. For no man is an island unto himself. Each one of us is ruled by some guiding force or principle. 
Again, Joshua 24, would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of Amorites in the lands who you now live? Who were these little G-gods? They were gods of pleasure, gods of force and power, gods of men's intellect. Every single man has a master, a passion, which becomes the guiding principle of his life. What's your guiding principle? For if you're not sure, you will be like that wave that is being tossed around by the wind. But, as it, but it ends with, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know what? Maybe your household is out of sorts right now. Maybe you have children who are walked away from the Lord. And it's just kind of like, God, what is happening right now? Maybe you have a spouse who doesn't know God. And it's kind of like, God, it's so difficult to serve that man or that woman. Don't give up. Press in. Seek the face of the Lord. Live a godly life. Live by example. Don't be fake. Become so real. How powerful it is when a father can speak for the home. A father rules his house well. We believe in equipping men. You know what? Are you not sure how to do do that? Then join us this weekend on the men's retreat. Rub shoulder with other godly guys. Join men's mentoring every second Monday night, this Monday at 7.30. It's important for us to come alongside of one another and just for the the sense to, to come alongside and say, how are you doing? Is there something I can pray with you about? You know what, guys? I think that if I look at my own life and, 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 and share some transparency today, I love my dad. My dad was an awesome guy. I'm blessed to have him as a father, but dad wasn't home a lot. He worked and worked and worked. And that was kind of that generation. It was just kind of like, you know what? The dad's role was to provide for the family, and the dad was out of the picture more than in the picture. So now that I'm a man, and now that I've got my children, how can I be that dad that I want to be when I never had someone to be able to instruct me and to be able to lead me. See, I need to seek the Lord and say, God, would you empower me, God, to be able to give life to my family? Would you teach me, Lord, how to pray through specific situations? God, would you help me to rub shoulders with other godly men for iron sharpens iron? You know what? We're going to blow it. We're going to make mistakes. I remember um, Cindy and I, with the family, every single year we go off to, to Fairmont and we do a week vacation in Fairmont just to do a kid's vacation. Mom and I, we like to get away alone and work on our marriage and do that kind of stuff, and that is life. But you know what? It's also important to, to, that all of us get away too. And as we do that, we go to Fairmont every year with the grandparents and, and with our family, and, and we just kind of just love on the kids, and we take them swimming and this kind of a thing. I, the very first trip that we did to Fairmont, Cindy and I had one of those fights that was just like, oh, man, it was awful. We don't, we're not scrappers. We don't really have a, a tendency to, to scrap it out, but this one was a bad one. And we're, we're getting ready to leave on our family vacation. The, the van's loaded. The kids are in the van. The things are all packed. And we're driving. And we're, we're getting into it. And we're nattering at each other all the way. And I realized I forgot something at the church. And we pulled up at the church. And now it's escalated into a full-out battle. And she's mad. And she goes in to get whatever was at the church there. And she slams the door. And I'm like, that's it. I can't, I can't go to Fairmont with her. So I drove away and left her. 
Oh, you guys laugh. You're sick. <laughs> well, you know what? When I drove away and left her, I saw her in my rearview mirror, and she's seething now. And I'm like, oh, now how am I going to go back? Because I can't go to Fairmont without her, but I was so tempted just to drive and just say, you know what, whatever. And it took me probably an hour to get back. And, and when I got back, I'm like, oh, man. And, and now she came out, and she's just like steam is coming out of her ears. And I'm like, this is not good. And it's just kind of like, man. So I got out of the van, and we continued this argument right out in our parking lot. Her and I just going at it. My kids were in the van. My kids, didn't, they didn't grow up around that. They haven't seen mom and dad scrap it out. It was foreign to them. And you know, I think it was probably about a half a year ago, Mackenzie sat down with me one day. She says, Dad, this was probably three years ago. Dad, yeah, remember we were going to Fairmont, you and mom had that big fight. I'm like, man, you remember that? And of course, now what am I going to feel? I'm going to feel embarrassed, right? Yeah, I, I remember that. She says, that was awful. I hated that. I said, yeah, honey, I did too. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And instead of using that as a failure, I, the Lord showed me how to use that as, as, a, as a positive. I said, but you know what, Mackenzie? I am so thankful that that fight happened. And she said, what? How is that possible? I said, because that fight, I remember it so clearly. And I said, on that day, your mom and I, we were at disagreements over whatever the issue was. I don't remember what the issue was, but I remember the resolve. And the resolve was, is her and I, yeah, she remembers, I'm sure. <laughs> she just turned to Jean and said, oh, it was about this. <laughs> but I said, when, when the fight was over, Cindy and I, after 17 years of marriage, came into an understanding of who each other were. There was something in our life that we just didn't connect on. There was something that was just kind of like, I don't get how you think in this way, and she doesn't get how I think in that way, and there's boom, 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 boom. But after that fight, it broke, and we came together in harmony. And I thank the Lord for that. Amen. You know what, guys? Families, you're going to blow it. You're going to make mistakes. But remember, we're not in a marathon. We're not, we're not in a sprint. We're in a marathon. It doesn't matter how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get back up again. The choice is yours. Do you want to lay down and say, help, I've fallen, I can't get up? Or do you want to be that person that says, God, I've been here before. But Lord, I get down, but I get up again. Perhaps this morning... You don't know where to start because your starting point isn't Jesus. Maybe you don't even know who Jesus is and you just came to church because someone invited you and you're just like, you know what, pastor, what you're saying is making a lot, lot of sense right now. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your foundation, if you don't have him as the starting point, then you know what, there's no hope there. Jesus has to be our everything. And I don't care if you've played church all your life, but you know inside your heart you don't have that relationship with the Lord. Then we need to fall on our face before God and say, God, I need you, Lord. God, I need you more than next breath. Because Lord Jesus, 
if I'm going to model my life after you, if I truly need to be empowered for my family, then God, I need to know who you are in a way that is just supernatural. See, as I was writing this message this week, I didn't even, I, I, I was, as I was writing this, I was kind of fitting this off with this. I'm just like, Lord, I don't know if I want to put that in there, God. Because, Lord, I'm not really talking about salvation. And the Lord just spoke so clear to me. He says, Lance, give the people a chance. Because if I'm not their foundation, they, 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 they can't be able to walk out what you're talking about. So I just want to pause here for just a second and say, you know what, if that's you this morning, if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, and you say, Pastor, I want to invite Christ to be my, my Lord. I want to invite Christ to be my personal Savior, to walk with me in a covenant relationship. And I just ask you to raise your hand right now. I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna have you come up to the front afterwards when we're in worship, and I wanna pray with you. But right now, I just wanna see your hand and say, that's me, Pastor, pray for me. Is there anyone? Thanks. Is there anybody else? Awesome. After service, you know what? I'm gonna be on this side after service. Would you come up and speak, speak with me? I wanna pray with you, and I wanna give you something. And then uh, Pastor Hayward and Effie are gonna be on this side. They're just gonna pray for people who just want some prayer. But uh, that's how we're going to kind of close the service today. Team, would you come? My heart is to equip and pastor this city that God has given us. To be able to give you as, as a congregation life to be able to sustain you through the trials and tribulations. But my friends, I'm telling you this morning, I can't do it alone. It's going to take an army to love, to mentor, to challenge, to change this world that we live in. But take heart, for we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me? Father, being empowered, Lord Jesus, starts at home. Lord, we know that your word says that signs and wonders follow those who believe in God. I'm hungry for the prophetic, for healing, for raising the dead, for incredible things happening here in Cold Lake. But God, if we're not right within our hearts, Father God, then we're just living life. God, it starts out that us as a people fall on our face before you, God, and say, God, would you help me lead my family? Would you help me to walk in life? Would you help me, Lord, with the decisions that I have in front of me, God? Because, Lord, I don't want to make my own decisions, God. I'm not talking about decisions about what to wear that day, but I'm talking about life decisions, God. Lord, I want you to be the center, God, where, Lord, everything I do, I run through you and say, God, is this what you have for me and my family? And if, God, if the answer is yes, then, Lord, I'm going to step through that door. I'm going to step through in strength, knowing, Father God, that you've placed that upon my heart. So, Father God, I just pray a blessing over every single one of us here this morning, God. That, God, as we worship you, Lord, that we would be challenged to say, Search me, O oh God. 
Examine my heart, Lord, and show me, Father, if there's anything in there, God, that is not from you. Because, Lord, I want to look more and more like Jesus every single day. God, I want to be able to stand, like it says in that scripture in verse 13, God, with my wife and my children before the presence of the Lord and say, God, what should we do? And Lord Jesus, you would lead us as a family because, God, it's so key that the family unit comes together in strength. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. I bless you. May you have a fantastic week in Jesus' name. We're just going to step into some worship if you'd like to worship with us, but please feel free to go. Again, I'm going to be over here on this side if you'd like to step in that relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you'd just like prayer for anything else, and Pastor Hayward and Effie, and if we need some more of our altar team to come up and pray, they would love to come up and pray with you today. But have a fantastic week in his name. Be blessed. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.